Hey everyone, welcome to another Hyperspace Broadcast mini-sode, an episode where instead of discussing something that aired on Toonami, we discuss something Toonami-adjacent. Uh, I'm Michael Doak. I'm Peter Eby. And this week we're going to be talking about the Netflix series She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Uh, this is a 2018 series, and the final season will be releasing May of this year. That's 2020, if for some reason you're listening to this in the distant future. Uh, but basically, uh, it's a remake of the 1985 series with a very similar name, but not the same name, She-Ra, Princess of Power. Uh, and yeah, we watched the first season uh, to compare it a little bit to the 2002 he-Man remake, and we're gonna talk about it. So, yeah. Peter, what what did you think about this show? Oh, I I thought it was fantastic. I I've, was really surprised by it. Uh, I mean, you know, I kind of had the vibe. It, it looked pretty good, but you know, even at the moment we we're gonna watch it, I was just like, I, I don't want to watch this. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we just put it on, and it's like, well, the voice acting's great. Like they there's like drama that makes sense like plot lines that work and like through each episode and through the entirety of the show in ways that just like really surprised me and like the the love put into like the backdrops and the design of the show uh is like completely present it's like everything's like very pretty and (laughs) magical and cool and i don't know It, it i was really happy with it um yeah, yeah, and it, it. I I think I mentioned this already, but we've only watched the first season, uh, for yeah. this recording, so you know who knows what happens beyond this point. But I mean, I would I would generally agree. I watched this show pretty much when it came out, and for some reason, I kind of stopped. I got to like episode ten. There's thirteen in the first season, and if I remember correctly, it's mostly because like. It was late when I watched that episode, and another one came on, and I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm going to go to bed, and then just never really picked it back up, mm-hmm. which, to be fair, like, I, I still haven't watched the end of BoJack Horseman, which is, like, one of my favorite shows ever, so yeah, <laughs> my sometimes I just stop watching TV out of nowhere and uh, then don't pick it up for years, but I'm glad that... I got to actually wait to see it until we watched it for this because yeah, those last several episodes are quite good. Uh, I was very happy with them. And like I had left off on a huge cliffhanger that I totally forgot about. So <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. It was satisfying to actually see that resolved. Um, so, I mean, the, the basic premise of this show is that uh, there's this girl named Adora who is on this planet called Etheria, and she's part of this uh, army, I guess, called the Horde. And one day, while, like, kind of on a mission slash goofing around with her friend Katra, she finds this magic sword. Uh, With the magic sword, she can become She-Ra, and then she finds out that the Horde is actually pretty fucking evil, Uh, and so she joins this rebellion of... um, princesses with various magical powers in order to fight back against the horde meanwhile katra is still a part of the horde and that like the dynamic between those two characters is probably i would say personally the best thing about this show like yeah it's really great they do a great job of i mean really like 
the the thing about this show that's really interesting, especially coming right off of He Man, <laughs> is yeah. that all of the villains, or at least the villains that we spend a lot of time with, are pretty like fun to be around. Yeah. Like they're fun characters who for the most part have understandable motivations and like don't seem just evil for the sake of it. Like we get yeah. a pretty good amount of backstory for at least two of the three of them and it's actually handled really well. Like you can totally understand why they are in the position that they're in, which and you is even have, you've got like occasions where good characters turn bad too. And it makes right, sense for yeah, them. Yeah. Totally. Like, and well, that's really the thing. Like, I mean, I guess this is a minor spoiler for the first season, but one of the, uh, good guy characters, I guess in trapped, uh, uh, is left behind while they attack the Horde compound, and then she basically becomes drafted into the Horde because, you know, they left her behind, thinking that she was right. dead, but she doesn't know that, and she's pretty easily manipulated into thinking, like, oh, they just left me because they don't like me, which yeah, right. makes a lot of sense because she was pretty much a pain in their ass the whole time. <laughs> they were trying to do everything. <laughs> yeah, so, like... Yeah, there was conflict there. It makes sense for her to think that. And, you know, it's funny because, I mean, Big Shocker in Trapta is just a villain in the original show. And she's in oh, like. Oh, is that true? I didn't yeah, know yeah. That. And she's in like six episodes. Like she's barely in the show. Right. <laughs> but in this, you know, they they give her a really good motivation for being with the Horde. And. The thing that I was thinking about uh, since we watched this or since we finished this before we started recording is just like they did not have to modify her personality or character at all to make her <laughs> fit right in with those other villain characters. Like right. there's no she's not like evil or anything. She's the same character, but she totally she's, fits with them. Yeah, like she's it like makes a lot of sense. So obsessed with science, you know, and learning new technology and stuff that it just kind of everything else kind of falls by the wayside yeah <laughs> it's just well, kind of it's, like well, i'll just go with whatever yeah <laughs> and it's also it it's also kind of it's also kind of funny like knowing now that she was a villain in the original version of the show the yeah. her introductory episode is basically a horror movie and like yeah it does also, a lot of those tropes yeah and also her introduction specifically is very sinister actually <laughs> Like, you know, she's in this big creepy castle with lightning and like these mm -hmm. terrified servants, uh, and then she's just kind of a goofball. But still, her her introduction is actually quite spooky and weird for, I guess, a heroic character. Yeah, uh, I mean, also her name's Entrapta, so like, you know, that's not that doesn't sound particularly great <laughs> <laughs> compared to the uh, you know heroic princesses, but. I, like, I, I think the thing about this show that I really enjoy is just the characters. Like, the plot stuff is generally quite well done, but the show has a really serious focus on the characters and their relationships, yeah. and it's done really well. And, you know, again, coming off of He-Man, where that kind of just is non-existent, yeah. <laughs> to, to put it lightly, it is kind of awesome honestly like it's, there's yeah. something really satisfying about it also i i like how the show the show seems to have unique 
way in which they're approaching the concepts of gender and uh oh and yeah stuff like that that i find like really progressive and really cool and not like preachy at all either like it's just mm-hmm. like no oh, this is just how the world is like yeah no it's chill. treated as being completely normal it's worth and, noting that this show has won at least one glad award so yeah well and like and i also i like that the show is you know it's got like it's very effeminate you can imagine but it it is not so decidedly so or it's not like in a way that is um defines it as the opposite of masculinity you know sure it's, right. it's not so it's not it's not like defining men as the opposite or something like that yeah it, um, it does a or, good or job assigning of... roles to genders in that sense either like masculine yeah. feminine and I, it, it kind yeah. of overcomes that for the most part i think that's it's really cool like and it makes the show uh accessible to everyone i think yeah no i would agree with that i think it's a it's a very like healthy version of femininity and also masculinity for the male characters like they they do a great job of again like i don't know it's just oh i just love the characters like i yeah (laughs) i actually really enjoy them a lot it's it's It's, bizarre uh... (laughs) it's kind of bizarre that this came from she-ra though like i i watched a little bit of the old she-ra and it's just, and I've seen a little bit of the old He-Man as well, and it's like... Yeah, well, and yeah. we watched the She-Ra He-Man Christmas special, yeah, which is, right. you know, just kind of there. And it's just, like, such, it's such, like, old cartooning, you know, like, all these characters are just, like, tropes based off of, like, <laughs> based off of well, yeah. action I mean, figures, exactly. you know, they they're have to do their cool figures. thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're literally like, all just like, all right, here's a... Uh, uh perfuma i guess yeah she's right. just kind of uh, i don't know flowers i suppose <laughs> that's all the characterization that we have for this character let's move it along yeah. people yeah absolutely and in this Here's... show Perfuma's like a hippie girl who has this whole like i don't know karmic idea i don't know like i i yeah. think she's probably one of the better versions of the characters that they remade for the show in some ways right. is just like Oh yeah, I guess we need to come up with something for this girl who just kind of makes flowers. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, let's make an actual character that makes a lot of sense, has some serious internal logic, and uh, is charming. Like, yeah, it's, right. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's it's kind of crazy that you could take like what are kind of bare bones trappings and then make something really good off of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. What, how you could take a show that is. Uh, an animated commercial for action figures that are strictly all characters with the exact same body type and the exact same skin tone uh, because they were made out of the same molds because they're action figures (laughs) and branch that out into kind of the total opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of great. And speaking of which, this show is also like very diverse in terms of like body type and skin color and all sorts of things, you know, it's like, Ah, it, it it's it's a good show. Like it's yeah, it's it good really and it's like good and natured in its production as well, I would say. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because I mean, not to talk about real world stuff for a minute, but given the quarantine uh that we're currently going through, I have been yeah. watching a lot of TV and I've mostly been revisiting TV that I have enjoyed in the past and 
uh, I guess kind of concurrently with us watching this, I have been rewatching Gundam Build Fighters, which is oh, yeah. a show that I really enjoyed the first time around, and I feel like I'm enjoying it more even this time around. And weirdly, I think there's some distinct similarities between that show and this show. I mean, obviously, there's a lot that's different, but... Yeah. I mean, among other things, that show is kind of a blatant toy commercial in a lot of ways. But yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, putting that aside, uh, both shows are shows that, generally speaking, just kind of make me feel good watching them. Yeah. Like, there's just something uh, happy about it <laughs> that's really quite nice, given the circumstances that we're living in right now. Like, yeah, it, it's optimistic. Yeah, it's optimistic. And I think the thing for both, I mean, not to just keep repeating myself over and over, but like the thing with both that I really enjoy is that while there are a handful of characters that are, you know, you could argue are really evil or bad people, like, I mean, Shira, in fairness, the the villains that were mostly exposed to Catra and Scorpia and, uh, and Trapta are quite likable and understandable, but also, like, Shadow Weaver is just a straight-up abusive mother, yeah. and Hordak is barely in the show so far, so there's really no read on him, except that he's probably worse. Uh, right. And, you know, but with those exceptions, like, it's, it's a similar thing that both shows have characters that are quote-unquote villains or rivals or whatever you want to call it, that are still really fun to be around. Yeah, right. And who have, you know, interesting character traits and stuff. They're not, you know, there's there's just so much to having, you know, even two characters of the three villains, Katra and, uh, and Trapta, that have pretty developed backstories and quite relatable problems. Yeah. And just comparing that to any of Skeletor's minions, all of whom are (laughs) the most one dimensional fucking guys ever. Like, there's literally no backstory for any of them. (laughs) It's just, here's their power, and that's a hint of backstory for like one of them, and then they don't care. Yeah, they don't follow (laughs) up on it. (laughs) And it's just like it's really just like they act the same way every episode and they're always yeah, well, at each other's throats. The, the and it's thing never is, like it's... a, uh, never like a satisfying arc or any kind of development. It's just like, this is the same thing every time. Yeah. Well, it's not even that for me. It's just down to the fact that like they, they're barely even characters. <laughs> they're right. just, they are characters as much as they are just a power that they have. And which like which that's makes about them it. Basically, action figures, right? Yeah, like, yeah pretty much. I mean, <laughs> they they're characters insofar as they have a unique. Uh, yeah, thing. they have you a can, they like, have a gimmick. Yeah, they yeah, they smell bad or whatever or <laughs> come switch. You can press on their back to fire missiles or something. <laughs> like, yeah, that's basically, yeah, that's, that is totally true. And I mean, you know, it, it, as much as I couldn't sit here and shit talk the villains of He Man, the heroes are really no better. They're all yeah. equally boring and yeah, action figure esque. They what, what's their power? Oh, man at arms invents stuff. All right, well that's about that. Uh, yeah, cool. 
And this show, this show seems much less like cravenly Toyota. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, yes, I, I doubt that this is as much based on a line of action figures, if at all. I mean, I don't really know. the, The point where I noticed that is like the last episode of the first season, they like have the characters wearing like different armor. And I was like, oh, Oh, this is the first time I've seen that. I'm like, oh, this is like, the first costume change. Yeah, and He Man will do it all the time to sell different action figures, and you know, to ridiculous effect, like right, leg right. extenders and your big dumb samurai armor. <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> fucking uh, Man at Arms' weird underwater gear. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh. the, and the Arctic He Man with the big right, axe which we, for no reason. We didn't even really mention that episode when we <laughs> talked about He Man, but yes, there is one where he has like a no armor and yeah it, it's basically just like a shoulder pad and a cape and for some reason the shoulder pad has ice on it which doesn't make hey, any sense their ice spikes to be fair it looked pretty cool <laughs> yeah sure whatever but i mean that it was did. one of the I'm, I'm not good gonna, costume changes <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not gonna deny that it looked cool but uh i think that you know the thing is like the reason that i watched this show initially is because i was a big fan of netflix's um voltron legendary defender show yeah yeah and much like with this show i just kind of stopped watching that one at some point um but they're both made by dreamworks television and like i hope that they continue producing more stuff like this for netflix because i feel like it is like I didn't know they had such strong like 2D style animation too. At the DreamWorks. thing is, they don't. I didn't know really... Dreamworks could be. I didn't know Dreamworks could be good. I'm not <laughs> like... going to necessarily support that, but <laughs> I, I think that <laughs> yes, you live in Hollywood. Yeah, but I, I think that like to be honest, I was looking at their filmography and they don't do a lot of 2D stuff. Like, uh, no. I mean, from what I could see, it was like this Voltron, and then they have another. Uh, they have another Netflix show, which the name I can't remember. I think it's like Kipo or something like that. K-I-P-O. It's based on a comic. I'll probably edit this so that I know sound like I know what I'm talking about. But it seems like they don't do a lot of 2D stuff. And like, I mean, A, I love 2D animation, so it's great to see them still doing some of it. Yeah. Um, And also, like... And it looks great. Yeah, and and the thing is, just thinking about this show in the context of a lot of the stuff that we've watched for this podcast, I was like, man, I kind of wish that like I grew up watching shows like this in yeah. some ways, like instead of I don't know Dragon Ball Z. Like I love Dragon Ball Z; it's a huge part of my childhood. But there's also something to me so important and great about a show that is fundamentally about how like about family a uh about how working together is the thing to do it's not just one person d- doing everything by themselves yeah uh, it's not and, like he-man yeah much. or or goku like yeah. and also that the villains are actually people who yeah, may right. serve a an evil regime but are still people and they might be sympathetic they're not just frieza being an evil evil man who is evil and there's no need to question why or any of that shit he just needs to be destroyed yeah (laughs) like there's something about that that seeing the show is just like god i wish that i had grown up watching stuff like this like this is kind of nice and 
I don't know. It's it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that it's being made now. You know, like. And I'm happy it's had success too. Like, geez, yeah, four right, seasons right. of the fifth on the way. That's yeah, great. right. It, it's done quite well, and, and all of them critically acclaimed. It's, yeah, it looks exactly. Like, like, wow, like it's it's a pretty successful show. And now I want to watch more. Honestly, yeah, no, I I intend to watch more uh, after this because I'm like, oh, I really liked that show, and yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes from here because yeah, because it's great, and I like the characters, and uh, it's it's fun. Like it makes me feel good, but is also yeah. capable of making me feel sad, justifiably. Right. Like right. it's it's and everything not, that I want out of something like this. Yeah, and and not you know being emotionally manipulative either, or doing yeah, like right. stupid tricks of like. <laughs> you yeah, know, there's Red Trap's dead. <laughs> no, he's fine. Yeah, yeah. The there's, same moment. Yeah, there's no. Uh, uh, what's uh, fucking? What was the name? I mean, Infernus. I guess they did kind of do that, but still. <laughs> well, they did. They did kind of do that, where Entrapta seems to die and then is not dead, but also like the hero still thinks she's dead. Yeah, right. Like they they keep it going. It's not just like. Yeah, it's not just like, oh, no, everything's actually completely fine. Like, yeah, no, and they still, these characters are grieving. <laughs> yeah, and feel a serious amount of guilt about it. Like, yeah. I, I think one of the things about this show, and we should probably stop talking about it soon, but one thing I want to mention is that there's, like, two episodes in here that I think are really, really excellent, uh, you know, above and beyond the rest of it, which is, you know, quite good, I yeah. would say. Um, the first one is an episode where Adora goes on vacation uh, with her friends and basically it's an episode of her trying to overcome post-traumatic stress disorder caused by her terrible abusive childhood being yeah, raised right. by an evil sorceress and it's handled really well and something that i love about it is even though at the end of the episode she seems to be over it she clearly still isn't like yeah she right. still has doubts and they're clearly influenced by that sort of stuff like it's it's actually carried through the rest of the season it's it's yeah. not just a one and done character magical arc that's yeah finished. magically cured <laughs> right and then the other one is one of the ones that i actually hadn't seen before which is an episode of adora and katra stuck in this like i guess ancient tech temple together where they're being shown flashbacks of their childhood through holograms and like i you know i it's an episode that while i kind of understood where katra was coming from prior to this one it's the one that is really like all right this is this character's fucking backstory like here's why yeah. she is the way she is and, and it makes sense. Yeah, and it's also very sad. Like, yeah, it's yeah. handled really well. Um, yeah, those. I guess those are the two that I would recommend. Two non-specific episode numbers or names because I don't have them in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. You should watch the whole thing. Yeah, anyway. really. It's a, yeah, that, it's that all that one is, plot line. Yeah, that's true. It's. Uh, I yeah, I would I would recommend this show a lot. Like, I highly I, recommend it. I really it, love yeah. it. Um, we and need... you know what? We got another good show coming down the line next week, thanks oh, to your God. pick. Yeah, I'm Fucking so Batman excited. Beyond. I'm so excited for Batman Beyond, man. I I awesome. really love Batman Beyond. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I I never really watched it as a kid, but it looked pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a very interesting show. There's there's definitely something to showing a Bruce Wayne far in the future where he's kind of just pushed everyone in his whole life away 
because yeah. he's not really a healthy person <laughs> and it's great i don't know i love it uh it's fun it's also kind of sad in some ways but also yeah. pretty badass in a lot of other ways so you know it's uh it's batman I guess I don't really know what else to say about it. It's more Batman, and it's uh, done pretty well. So, yeah, yeah. I, I am excited to watch that, too. Uh, She-Ra, yeah, just check it out. If you have Netflix, give it a chance, at least. Uh, yeah, sure. And we will be getting to Batman next week, but until then, I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And be sure to revisit us next week for Batman Beyond.